are doing the same old thing again. It's the same tired script. Every three or four years, they blow everything up and, and, wow, no, just no. What's happening right now under Ben Charrington has no precedent in Pittsburgh Baseball Club history. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. I do one of these every Monday through Friday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. If there's anything that's being expressed anywhere about what's happened to the Pirates of late, meaning the blow-up, the rebuild, the build, whatever it is that you want to call it, if there's anything that's being more misconstrued, misinterpreted, it's this idea that there they go again. I had a conversation a few days ago with a way higher up in management where we went back and forth on some of the stuff that's taken place, not for public edification or anything like that, so I'm not going to get into any of the details. But I do feel comfortable expressing to you what I expressed to this individual, and that is that I've not seen this before. I've not covered this before. I've not experienced this as a Pittsburgh lifer. And I can hear you. Listen, I can hear you. It's just another payroll whack. It's just another cycle where the players get good and we get rid of them and everything else. That's fine. If you're Joe Blow, you know, tuning into standard radio, listening to the usual claptrap about the Pirates, fine. Go with that. Have at it. Be one of those people who, when the Pirates had their uh, vaccine gathering over the weekend and 2,500 people were vaccinated at PNC Park, who uses the entire comment thread underneath it to trash the team. Be one of those. Whatever. It's where the cool kids are. Look, I get it. But if you're actually paying attention and you're into facts, if you're into things that are real, I'm here to tell you that what Ben Charrington is trying to do doesn't mean he'll succeed. What he's trying to do, the approach that he's taking, has not been taken. And by that, I mean this. Charrington is trying to accumulate as much elite, high-ceiling-type talent as he can. He's not worried about their ages. He's not worried about when they get to Pittsburgh. He's just I was going to say going for broke, but that, that, that's kind of it. That's kind of it. He's going after an, uh, an Australian outfielder, for crying out loud, a teenager, as if it's a really big deal. Why? Because to him it is. Because to him, he puts that Australian outfielder into a pool with X number of other players who have elite-type athleticism and, and potential. 
they do things that you can't teach or coach up as opposed to, let's just say, Charrington's predecessor. Although, as I'm about to illustrate, it's really all of his predecessors, but just picking on the guy who was just here for 12 years, if you look at Neil Huntington's acquisitions, whether in the draft or even through trades, he would always go for players who were quote-unquote safe. He was going for guys who he knew would at least make it to Pittsburgh and not embarrass him. I mean, the Garrett Cole trade is the one that leaps to mind in this regard. You have a chance with Cole to procure someone else's best, who knows how many top prospects that you could get for Cole. Real live, big time talents who, look, they might flame out, but if they don't, they could be something truly special. No, no. He went for Joe Musgrove and Colin Moran and Michael Feliz, Jason Martin. I mean, everyone knew what those guys were. With few, with I, I mean, I guess to some extent you could argue that Musgrove had the higher ceiling than than what was thought when he was acquired because he has, you know, he has the dynamic stuff, he has the great character, and you know, maybe it'll all still come together for Joe. I, I hope so. I, I really like the guy. Maybe it'll all come together in San Diego. But he's not a kid anymore. He's not a prospect anymore. Colin Moran had the nice start to this past season, and you know he hit a few home runs, but he is exactly what he is. He ended up the season, even though it was only two months long, with pretty much the same stats. Michael Feliz, Jason Martin, you don't need to hear about these guys. The point is, when you make a trade like that, if you're taking the right approach toward winning a championship— Again, I'll wait for you to stop laughing, but if you're taking the right approach toward winning a championship within an economic system that's unfair, you have one way to do that. You have one route. That's the Tampa Bay route. That's how the Rays got that close this past season despite having a payroll right in the Pirates' range because they just kept loading up on young, high-ceiling guys. And if that meant that they took a step backward for a year or two and lost 105 games or whatever, they didn't care. They never took their eye off the ball. They kept doing the same thing. And eventually, those players got to the majors and, whoa, look at that. And then you as an organization hold their rights, their major league rights, for six full years from the time they arrive in the majors. That's beating the system. Is that player going to stay in your town for 18 years and have a statue carved of them? No, because that baseball no longer exists. We're living in a baseball era where Trevor Bauer might make more than the entire Pirates roster after that contract he agreed to over the weekend with, guess who, the Dodgers. If you want to try to fight the Dodgers at their own game, you are you're 
you're dead in the water. You, you don't even get started. Who thinks the Pirates can go and outbid a team like the Dodgers for Trevor Bauer? Who thinks that? Personal wealth. Which owner anywhere spends out of their own personal money? You know what? That's it. I'm just going to take it right out of this pocket. And I'm going to pay for Trevor Bauer because he's the answer. And, you know, I'm going to show the Dodgers. Nobody's doing that. Nobody does that. Not just not in baseball. No owner spends out of his or her personal finances into the teams that they own. Not in any of the four major professional sports. I defy anyone to try to find an example to counter that. They won't. This is the system that you have to beat. Not join, but to beat. The Rays came oh so close to doing that. And you're going to see teams around baseball, not just the ones that have the lower payrolls, but you're going to see a lot of them start moving toward that model. Uh, A, because coronavirus hit a lot of teams' finances hard, and you're already seeing payrolls getting whacked all across baseball. But B, it works. It requires some patience. It requires some focus. It requires real dedication. When you're getting ripped by your own fans and you're getting ripped everywhere you go, if you're the GM of a team that's doing something like this, like, come on, man, your team stinks. They're 10 and 35 or whatever the Pirates might be in the middle of April or May. And that's all they're going to see. They're not going to see all the stuff that you're doing underneath. They're not going to see why you're doing it. And they're definitely not going to care about the Tampa Bay Rays example that you could cite for them. Pirates have never done this. They've never done this. Huntington didn't do it. When he traded Jason Bay, when he traded Xavier Nady, what did he get back? A lot of 4A guys, players who were ready to just come right into Pittsburgh so that he wouldn't look red-faced over having traded Jason Bay for quote-unquote nothing. Remember the main hot prospect that the one out of the four guys that Huntington got for Bay who was supposed to be that hot shot was Brian Morris who ended up being nothing other than a short-term, short-career middle reliever by the time he got to the majors. You can't do that. You can't do that. Dave Littlefield didn't do it. Cam Bonifay didn't do it. Sid Thrift didn't do it. Joel Brown didn't do it. How much farther back do you want me to go? This hasn't been done. This hasn't been tried by the Pittsburgh Pirates. No one, no one, no one has taken this approach before. So just repeating something that the last person says on the radio or whatever else, there go the Pirates again, they're doing it again. They're not doing it again. They've never done this before. One more time, it might not work. If the Pirates aren't good at acquisition, if the Pirates aren't good at development, this won't work. But it's unquestionably the right approach, and it's just as unquestionably without precedent. When we come back, just one question. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that encompasses this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Open for business. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. And today's Just One Question comes from RTD, who asks, so DK, my question is this. MLB payroll this year is roughly $3.2 billion. On average, $100 million per club. And I'm sure, just to interrupt here, what RTD is referencing to is total Major League player payroll, 40-man roster. What would a floor and a ceiling look like? 150 slash 100, meaning in a salary cap system. And in theory, wouldn't there be more money for the players? By my rough calculations, around $750 million in more money. Just a thought. Well, it's a really good thought, RTD, and it's one that really ought to have occurred at some point or other to Tony Clark, the rest of the MLBPA leadership, and, you know, to who else? The agents. But that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Before I answer your question or attempt to answer it, there's obviously no definitive number that anyone could attach. This is one of the things that's so messed up about the baseball world, and that is that the agents are so terrified of Scott Boris, the super agents. Oh, they claim that they're not. Believe me, I've talked to them, and they talk all kinds of smack on him and everything else. But then whenever it comes to anything public, they back right off. Boris is the one, more than anybody else, who believes in the whole beautiful, magnificent, free, open market concept, even while Major League Baseball, of course, has an antitrust exemption. Nice, right? Boris is the one who believes that if the higher players get more money, then the rest will just trickle down to the masses. Well... The facts aren't on his side. By my estimation, to answer your initial question, I could see a cap and a floor being more in the range of 170 to 150, meaning a 170 cap and a 150 floor. If it isn't that, let's say it's 160 and 140 or something like that, but it wouldn't be 150 and 100. Uh, There are no ranges that big in any cap system. Maybe by coincidence, but maybe not, the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA all have salary caps and floors 
that have ranges almost exactly $20 million. Which is one reason that I laugh every time I hear somebody saying, well, nutting would never spend to the cap. It wouldn't matter. The range is so small, you wouldn't even know the owner's name. It just doesn't matter. How often do you hear in the NFL about a team that spends, you know, doesn't spend to the cap? You know, they left whatever X amount of dollars on the table. It doesn't matter. You, you pay to the roster that you've got. If you've got a really, really young roster, what are you going to do? Just hand them big checks for no reason? Or are you going to hold on to the money to pay, let's say if you're the Bengals, to pay Joe Burrow whenever his bill comes due? You see what I'm saying? So the range is insignificant in the other three sports, and there'd be no reason to believe that it'd be different in baseball. So I, I would look at something in the range of 170, 150, or 160, 140. And for anybody who asks further, wait a second, what would happen to the Pirates in a cap system where they've currently got a payroll of like 40 million bucks and they have almost no future obligations? I don't know if people realize this or not. They, they owe Gregory Polanco a buyout next year. That is their only future obligation. It's like three million bucks. That's it. It's the only thing they have on the books. You know what my response to that is? Oh my goodness. So now you're talking about having this wonderful budding minor league system and a virtually limitless budget with which to spend as far as, you know, there's only so many positions on the diamond you can pay, but having the most cap room in all of baseball and a mandate to spend it, a mandate, not optional. Oh, my goodness. I can't tell you. I can't stress this often enough. There's one thing you need to root for in baseball, and it's a salary cap. Thanks so much for the question. It's really good stuff. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real world experience and career building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.